Welcome to Beyond the Tallgrass, a podcast of Pokemon, culture, and life, thinking beyond the games and the story. I'm your host, Raymond Chan. Um, with me is Kevin and Xanthi. Hello. Hello. How are you all doing today? I am mighty fine. It's a very nice day here in Australia. It is summer. It's warm here. Los Angeles, just warm. <laughs> There's there's nothing else to say. That's just kind of what the weather is, really. It's it's warm. It's winter here. It's very cold. In Chicago, it's just it's just cold. I actually have no idea where Chicago and Los Angeles are in relation to each other because I'm really good at geography. But are you close to each other? We're, we're a half a continent apart. That sounds like a song with a really bad title. Except. This continent is bigger than the island that you're on. Um, excuse me. This is the biggest island on the planet, so just saying. Maybe, I, I don't know what song you're talking about. Maybe you could, uh, maybe you could sing a few verses for us. Sing a few verses of what? My national anthem? Australians, oh, let us rejoice, for we are the biggest island. See? I told you. Wait, is that really that really in your national anthem? <laughs> no, no, it's not. But I can pretend. <laughs> if you said if you sung "God Save the Queen," I would just believe you. <laughs> but I presume that's not the national anthem. Well, either. we are pretty much just a spin-off. You're of just England. a little colony. So you're like you're like Pokemon Gold, and England's like Pokemon Red. I suppose so. Yeah, except we're not connected through Tojo Falls. So you could be like the third generation. So, like, the America's the second generation. Of course, we've got the bullet train between here and London. <laughs> and you guys can be Ruby and Sapphire. That's that's Gen 3. Yeah, I'm, right? I'm okay with that. Yes. I like Gen 3. Though I would actually really like to be Emerald because the text is better fitting for the screen. In case you didn't realize what I meant there, the text actually changed from Ruby and Sapphire to Emerald. It became smaller and more readable. I remember in Crystal... When you move between, like, different zones or areas, a little, like, sign would pop up. And that was supposed to be the cool new thing in Crystal compared to Gold and Silver. I'm like, wow. Yes! Yeah, 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 yeah. I totally know I, what I you thought, mean. I, I thought the cool new thing in Crystal, Ray, was that you could play, you could play as a girl. Oh, that too. <laughs> that too. But, I mean, it, it, the, the visual effects of having a sign pop up was, uh, was uh, new and shiny. <laughs> Attention. Message incoming. New topic is available. So in this episode of Beyond the Tall Grass, we're going to be talking a little bit about the vote hashtag Pokemon 20 in YouTube ad blitz. So many Pokemon fans around the United States tune into the Super Bowl to watch Pokemon's new Super Bowl commercial. I had a look at it, as I'm sure many of you guys did as well. Um, It wasn't it's kind of funny because it wasn't so, I guess, Pokemonified until the end. And I think that was intentional because to me it felt like they were trying to appeal to a really large audience who probably had no idea it was Pokemon to begin with. Just by giving them, you know, it's, it's kind of motivational, inspirational, I can do it, giving people something to believe in. And then it's like, hey, Pokemon, here you go. Yeah, I think it was a cool way to do it. And the little things here and there, like the to be the very best as some dude walked through onto a football field. I was like, hey, Pokemon. Yeah, anyway, so people can vote for the Pokemon Super Bowl ad. 
uh, for the YouTube ad blitz by clicking on the link to the site. And I'm not actually really sure what the end goal is. I think they just win a little, you know, recognition or something for having the best ad. I have actually heard that it was pretty much the best ad of the campaign because a lot of the other ones are a bit questionable and just not as well done. What do you guys think? So I saw the Super Bowl ad twice, um, once before the Super Bowl and once during the Super Bowl, Um, but I wasn't expecting the one during the Super Bowl, so that was interesting. Um, It did, interestingly, I I agree with you, you know, it it didn't really scream Pokemon until the end, Um, but it did fit in with the rest of the Super Bowl ad, so... So uh, for the non-U.S. audience out there, um, the Super Bowl is like it is the biggest sporting and TV sporting event in the United States, uh, and it happens once a year. And this, you know, the the American brutish football game uh, versus the 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 soccer football game uh, played around the world. But uh, and the advertising is is so critical during this period because. Everyone puts a good ad out. Um, some of them are very try to be viral, and some of them try to be inspirational. Um, this one sort of fits really well with the rest of the Super Bowl ads that were out there, um, and I think it's trying to capture nostalgia because it, 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 the, you know, one of the things I noticed was the sort of like the stylized Pikachu at the end. Um, it's very modern versus sort of the sort of cartoony style that we've seen before, um, or sketchy style in other ways, in other in other mediums. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say it was the best Super Bowl video out there, but it, it fit in. I think. I think on its own, it's really awkward coming from the world of Pokemon, but in context with everything else, it wasn't so bad. I think it's sur- surprising that uh that honestly it was uh, they did a they did a commercial a Super Bowl commercial for for Pokemon and and they don't they don't do this uh usually they they I don't I believe this is the first one they've ever done for the Super Bowl um and so they do this Pokemon commercial and yet there is no uh significant or major game title uh, coming out uh, that they're they're pushing in this commercial. It's just Pokemon in general. No, no, and and there's lots of things you know that Pokemon is trying to produce. You know, Pokemon Go, uh, the Pikachu Detective game, and you know that the third version of of Generation Six, you know, will come out eventually. But but this specific commercial doesn't push any single one of them. It just pushes Pokemon in general. And I find that pretty interesting. I I guess I just don't understand. Uh, why they would do it that way. Well, I think because it's to celebrate the 20th anniversary, it's not necessarily trying to sell anything other than Pokemon itself. I mean, maybe it's not even trying to sell Pokemon. It's it's more of a celebratory ad. I mean, at the end, when you see this, you know, sort of battle happening on TV, I think most of the Pokemon were actually first generation. There was a Gyarados and... Uh, Magneton some others I've forgotten by this stage but yeah I think they were all first gen so that was possibly you know trying to as Ray said bring back the nostalgic factor 
but also just celebrate, hey, you know, the original generation that started all of Pokemon. And I suppose it, it makes sense to be celebrating that on its 20th anniversary because nothing else existed back then. It was just the first generation. If that's you know if that's the case, right, that it's for the celebration of the twentieth anniversary, then I then I actually really applaud uh Nintendo and the Pokemon Company and whoever else, Game Freak, uh, for doing such an, an ad because you know, we're so commercialized in today's world and everything is to sell something and if this is just mainly to maybe just promote mm. Pokemon in general, to sure, you know, that's a commercial aspect, but not, you know, directly selling thing and saying, Hey, 20 years we've been doing you know we've been here for 20 years we've been fans for 20 years our our thing that we love has been around for two decades you know that feels pretty nice to uh to me as a as a fan that you know Absolutely. that i'm acknowledged uh, of all of this dedication all this time i spend and all this love of this saga you know and i and they they say hey we know that it's been a great time we want to celebrate it too absolutely and i think the the little segment at the very end with the, I'm assuming the father and the the son um, with the realistic Pikachu. I think that to me, it kind of seems like the father is the one who owns the Pikachu and Pikachu is first generation. And, you know, the father is the age that someone may have been a teenager when the, when, you know, 20 years ago when Pokemon first came out. So I think it's also saying like what you were saying, um, Kevin, you know, it has gone down through the generations and they do have fans who are adults and they also have fans who are children. So I found that quite nice. And if you notice in the battle, they're all first generation. It's a, it's a Charizard, a Gyarados. There might have been one other. I said that um, already. A Mag- Net Magneton. Uh, it's a Magnetron. No, it's Magneton. Magnetron. Um, and wow, wow. We, we've, we've already... We, 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 <laughs> The first episode, and we already have revealed that Ray does not know Pokemon. Um. Uh, but but yeah, I think uh, getting back to getting back to what you said, um, I think it is trying to connect sort of the old and the new because if you think about Pokemon being twenty years now, right, and um, those who are uh, a little bit older than us when we first were introduced to Pokemon, so you know if you were early on in your teens uh, or in high school, so what that's like 16-ish, um, you're about 34 to 36 now, right? And mm. you're, you have kids, most likely, and you're, you're, looking, you're looking at this ad, and it's, very, it's a very modern ad. You know, it's, it's emotionally driven. It doesn't try to sell a product directly. It just tries to remind you that they're still there. And I agree with you, Kevin, that um, if that's the point, that's to be applauded. Because um, if you look at most of the ads, they're, they're, they're trying to sell a direct product. Um, but in the nature of advertising, a lot of ads are moving towards more of an emotional appeal. And the Pokemon one does it really well. You know, it, it fits in with the Super Bowl theme of training, of, uh, of being the next person, um, of working hard to get to a big arena, a big spotlight, a big culmination event. Um, and they just sort of slide in Pokemon at the very end and just say, hey, we've been here for 20 years. Um, and, you know, the, they're, they're spending a, a couple million dollars on this, on this advertising just to say we're still around. I mean, yeah. if that's not dedication, I don't know what it is. Well said, Ray. 
We'll have links to the uh, Super Bowl commercial and YouTube ad blitz, as well as our article on PXR at both uh, Pokemon Crossroad forums and at the Petalburg Wood forums as well. Uh, do you know what's also interesting about the 20th anniversary ad, Super Bowl ad? Um, it also made me think very much so of Pokemon Go. So perhaps it is very indirectly advertising Pokemon Go because that is an upcoming game that, you know, would appeal to a <clears throat> a larger mass of people because if it's going to be on your phone, everyone has phones. Not everyone has DSs. So yes, maybe something to think about or I'm just reading into it too much. To sort of connect it a little bit more, if Pokemon Go is supposed to be this sort of ubiquitous thing, right, then then the commercial also shows that because it's then you know it shows Pikachu like a pet. Well, Pokemon weren't really pets. I think they make that distinction very clear. Um, but I don't there's not really another word for it. Companion. If Pikachu was a companion, you know, Pokemon Go is sort of trying to make Pokemon more ubiquitous and more um no, separate uh, trying to remove the barrier between a physical game device and um the the nature of Pokemon in general. Do you know, I always used to have this idea, I think when I was in grade six, when I was eleven I had this idea with my best friend that um, it, it was virtual reality, essentially, and I was like, oh, they should develop these funky goggles, and you put the goggles on, and all of a sudden, you're still seeing the world around you as it is, but there are Pokemon in places, because, of course, smartphones didn't exist back in 2005, but, you know, the idea of some virtual reality through goggles I thought was really cool, and it was actually really interesting for me when I first saw the... Uh, Pokemon Go, you know, news, advertising, whatever, because I was like, you know, that that actually really reminds me of when I was a kid, and I was like, oh, I, I wish that there was some virtual reality thing where you could actually interact with the Pokemon in your existing environment, because like you said, that does sort of break down the barriers, and I think it's uh, it's certainly a step in the right direction for where today's technologies, technology advancements are going. I'm very excited for it. Doug Trio discussion. One topic, three opinions. Yes, uh, so our next topic. Uh, where does Pokemon go in the next 20 years? It's, it's an interesting thought, uh, given that, you know, Pokemon isn't an open source thing, so there's someone curating and controlling the direction. But at the same time, they're trying to break down these barriers between the game being in a physical device that we buy off the shelf to something uh, being everywhere, uh, something that's with you more often than every time you turn on a game. Um, and it fits well with a Nintendo strategy in the future uh, of trying to utilize their brands um, in other ways to attract people to the ecosystem and then therefore selling games because people are interested in this story in general or the ecosystem as a whole. Well, I think that it goes back to what Xanthi was saying with Pokemon Go and that Nintendo is using this specific, uh, and you know what you said, that this specific brand for the purpose of of making it uh, ever-present in a person's life. You can't exactly be Mario everywhere you go in the world. <laughs> you can't, you know, jump onto things or, you know, break blocks. It's just not going to... Uh, 
that's not going to uh, jive with society. You can't you can't br be Link. You can't uh, break pots everywhere you go. Uh, that will be <laughs> um, problematic as well. So so Nintendo's franchises are you know very varied and different. But Pokemon, I think, appeals best to the idea that hey. This is a game that you can take, you know, wherever you go, like you said, uh, Pokemon Go. Uh, I, I didn't mean to use the word again, but it's it's the future. It's the future and how the games are being ever present. Now, I'm not saying that Pokemon is going to change its strategy entirely. You know, they're still going to make the Pokemon games. Uh, there's still a demand for more Pokemon, for more regions, for new uh, methods of gameplay. And whether that continues to be on Game Boy systems, which I I still think is going to be one of Nintendo's key area of dominance, or if it's going to also be on phones, computers, uh, who knows, I, I'm not really sure. But I still think that we're going to see the same type of gameplay that we uh, were introduced to in Red and Blue. It does lower the barrier for entry, right? So for a younger person to to have a mobile phone and to use that to sort of start playing Pokemon um, is a much lower money investment. And then the more immersive or the more story-based uh, adventures um, uh, can be can be uh, harnessed with the actual mobile. Uh, gaming platforms like your uh, Nintendo DS's or whatever, or 3DS's and whatever comes beyond it. And it sort of, it still fits with the idea. And, and maybe then the, the games can move into a more mature direction uh, while allowing Pokemon sort of the, the catch and play and, the, and the, just the, the simple battles and friends and trades can still exist on the Pokemon Go platform versus like the immersive adventures can exist in the um, in the handheld gaming market, mm, certainly, I think that's true. <laughs> I mean, kind of everywhere I go, you know, or I don't know, from relatives to random kids you see in a supermarket or a shopping center, either the parent is going to have a device or they're going to have bought an iPad for their kid already, you know, and that's not going to be specifically, you know, for the purpose of getting Pokemon. I guess it, it could be for a range of things. And I mean, half the stuff that you can get, half the games you can get are just free to play. So I, I definitely agree with you with that barrier of entry thing. I mean, they probably, <laughs> I mean, it's it's a generalization, but a lot of people are going to have smartphones. And as you said, I mean, if their interest continues to grow, that's when they can move on to the handheld devices. Yeah, I think it's actually a very smart move for Nintendo, but like it's, I have a feeling that they would understand it's something that older fans would have also really, really wanted back in the time. But of course, none of that technology existed back then. And I mean, if you're still around today, then you're obviously going to do it. I think they're always trying to capture new audiences and this is certainly a good way to do it. Do you think, do you think that, uh, I, no, I'm not saying that uh, Google Glasses or, or Google Glass or whatever the technology is currently is going to be what we see in the future, especially considering there's a lot of you know concerns about privacy and objections to it. But do you think that something like that might be uh, what Pokemon Go is really aiming towards? A, a, a time and place where you can literally 
just take a look at Pokemon without having to bring up your phone and say, hey, you know, that's that's my buddy right there going with me <laughs> everywhere, you know. I mean, that sounds incredible. It also sounds a bit ambitious. But, I mean, that, that could be the direction. Maybe Pokemon Go is just a test and they have bigger plans or, you know, maybe I'm just being hopeful. Tw- 20 years. Can, can it happen? What do you think? 20 years? Yeah. <laughs> I reckon. Well, I mean, if you think about what's happened in the past 20 years, you know, going from red and blue to virtual reality. I'm, I'm less optimistic about that. Why are you less optimistic? I, I just don't see... I don't see the companion thing working well. Um, I feel like it, it isolates people rather than encourages people to do things together. And I think Pokemon is still inherently a social game. And being social with a virtual Pokemon is not in its best interest. But that's a very old man talking. I think there are limitations to how social you can be with a virtual companion even in the next 20 years and as you said one of the main aspects of Pokemon is social so I think that something that would be heavily integrated into a system like that would be the social aspect for instance you know you can interact with other people's companions you can I don't know you're probably not going to walk up to a stranger and you know see their little mudkip next to them and be like oh my gosh your mudkip is so cute but I imagine that trading would still be available and I don't know. I think there's a limit to what you can do with digital companions. So, I mean, interacting with them might be fun for um, 10 minutes and then you'd be like, all right, I want no, real you'll, human you'll contact someone, now. Do you like mudkips? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can see you like mudkips because your virtual companion is a mudkip. The poor kid with a Bidoof. That's all I'm going to say. Poor kid with a Bidoof. <laughs> hey, I'm sure that's not what people are thinking right now with the Valentine's Bidoof. Um, but I do, I do see sort of a virtual or augmented reality. When um, you mean augmented reality, are you thinking like something you plug your 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 VR set into the internet, and so you're you're lying in your bed, a la you know Sword Art Online, and and your brain is transported to a virtual world? So let me let me clarify. Virtual reality is a, it's completely immersive, right? So when you're staring into a screen, um, everything on the screen is 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 part of a virtual world so it'd be like you completely in a different place so that allows you to like to like you know oh i've never been to the moon before so you know if we had a camera and we captured all the images from the moon you know you could be on the moon in a virtual headset so that's virtual reality augmented reality is sort of like oculus rift right like oculus rift and uh augmented reality is um, is sort of an in-between state where the glass... So Google Glass is sort of a representation of that, but not really. Um, the HoloLens by Microsoft is closer, and what that does is it, it overlays information or images on top of the real world using the glasses or using the, the device that you're on. Um, and so that's closer to sort of putting on the glasses, and you still see the real world, and then you see the Pikachu or Charizard or, or some other Pokemon... So, like my grade um, six Pokemon. goggles idea. Um, yes, your grade six goggles idea is uh, <laughs> it would be augmented reality. Yeah. But in the in the end, I could see it work in like in like a convention setting, right? Like everyone's in the convention and everyone uses augmented reality uh, during the convention setting to like so you see the battles, right? Um, Stop and then, it! That is like a dream come true. 
that be a dream come true? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, like, I mean, like, you, we've seen um, you know major league gaming and the other esports things, or everyone sitting, kind of like a college lecture, except instead of like uh, slides from a PowerPoint, it's people playing StarCraft and other video games. But instead, like you know, it could be more of like a stadium setting, right? Where there's a, there's a big bowl. Um, and then there are two people in the center, and they don't really have to. They could make the throwing actions if they want, but you know they they might be making commands, um, telling telling their Pokemon to do things via voice command, and everyone with their with their um, glasses will see what they're doing, right? So that seems like a cool place to to have that happen. But you know, from an everyday standpoint, it might just be too much of a hassle unless those types of goggles become ubiquitous. It might. It might very well be. I mean, those types of of information that you can get might be pretty useful. Directions on driving, information on health when you're looking at different foods, uh, pricing comparisons when you're shopping. Uh, you know, chats. You just want to talk to someone. Uh, you know, you know, on a chat. You know, you could talk to yourself. I guess that'd be kind of weird. Um, but it That's might help. Uh, help you keep a list of groceries you need to buy, you know, or, or here, what are the errands I need to do today? Or, or what's my schedule like, you know, D- what's the time, you know, different things that might be pretty useful to you that you don't necessarily want to, you know, pull out your pocketbook for. I mean, do people even use pocketbooks anymore? I don't even know what a pocketbook is. Or, or you could distract yourself with Pokemon. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, for, for kids, it, 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 this, maybe this is how you introduce the technology. You say, hey, this is for little kids playing games. It doesn't have, you know, you know, you can't really take pictures or anything of people, you know, limited privacy issue. It's all about, hey, you can see Pokemon here. And then that's how you introduce the technology to little kids. And then when they grow up, they're used to using it by then. Do you know what actually I thought of, Ray, when you were talking about um, having everyone at a convention center and, and that's when you, like, pull out your goggles or whatever i actually sort of imagined a Yu-Gi-Oh scenario where with the pokemon trading card game you know you could like obviously you don't have to have you know goggles on to see what you're doing in a trading card game because you can just you know do it with the regular eyesight that was obvious my point is if you were to put on something like that or you know google cardboard or glass or something like you know the little holographic pictures of Pokemon could like come out of the cards and it would be I don't know even just like their X and Y models just moving around like something tiny like that would be kind of cool although then that would require a certain set of special cards that would be manufactured in such a way that you could see those things on them but still I don't know maybe they could they would always release something like that in the future I don't know then it's not so like then the social aspect is still completely there and all it is is just an extra little gimmick and you know, hopefully people will still speak to each other instead of to the virtual Pokemon. Not that I'm against that, because I would do that. I, I, I'd argue that this is not a real big concern. People talk to their dogs and cats all the time, and that doesn't mean that they... The majority of people don't but just they're talk to real. their dogs and cats. <laughs> they talk to other people. Oh, I know, but like, they're, they're flesh and bone. <laughs> As we're approaching virtual and augmented reality... What what is the definition of real? There are you know. What about your favorite stuffed animal? Is that real? Yes, is that is that, is is that real. a real thing? He tells me stories every night before bed. The the definition of real is if it eats your lunch. If it really eats your lunch, 
that's real. Otherwise, it's not real. You mean if it has needs? Or it just steals your lunch. Either or. Okay. Your, your virtual Pokemon may steal your virtual lunch. <laughs> virtual But my lunch. real cat will steal my real lunch. <laughs> virtual well, lunch. Now, mm. now you don't have a real lunch and you have no virtual lunch. <laughs> oh, oh. It could get very Kevin, confusing. you're not selling the idea of virtual reality. Everyone will lose their lunch. <laughs> I'm not the one that brought lunch into this, but I will say <laughs> this: this is how you this is how you do it. If you really want to have Pokemon be the all you know thing, combine augmented reality with virtual reality. So you you have all these games now where people go in and create worlds. Minecraft is the best example of this, in my opinion. But you have plenty of other. Uh, games out there in which people make their own stories, make their own, uh, you know, explore their own worlds. And that is a critical part of moving forward, I think, is that there's going to be open game spaces um, in the future in which Pokemon can thrive. And uh, if Pokemon provides the platform for that, the environment, uh, not necessarily an MMO, but just the tools, some very basic tools to do that, you could have it where you can have your Pokemon in the virtual world or whatever. And then when you're done with that, you transfer that Pokemon to your, your augmented reality machine so that Pokemon travels with you and you just move it back and forth. It's, it's your companion when you're online and when you're offline. I like the idea of sort of um, user-created worlds or user-created stories. Um, the idea, I, the way I see it, it's more of like open sourcing the, the story, right? Everyone's on the same platform of Pokemon. And then the, the stories are not just created by Nintendo. I mean, Nintendo can make their stories too. Um, but it could be like uh, Pathfinder, right? It's a, there, there are stories that they sell and then people make their own stories. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that's certainly true. I think there is, there's a lot of options there. Uh, it may not be what Nintendo actually does. Uh, it's very, it's very unusual, uh, to me to see Nintendo really uh, advance in the field like Pokemon Go because to me they've always been a very, uh, it's always been a very conservative saga. Uh, you, you release the same kind of Pokemon games over and over, and you iterate slightly bit by bit. Uh, so, sure, there's some other crossover games that do other things. Uh, Pokemon Snap, you take pictures, or you know, in Pokemon Conquest, you unite Japan. Very interesting ideas uh, that kind of uh, work on the same concept of Pokemon being, you know, present, but not necessarily the uh, you know next generation of things here. Pokemon Go is is a step forward in a direction that I I'm surprised Nintendo is going in. I think it it makes sense. I think it's it's logical and definitely it could be a, a big field. Uh, perhaps even the first they have in, you know, the field uh, that dominates the area. But uh, it's it's curious if they're going to change things around and in the next 20 years make Pokemon not just their stable product that they release every every generation, which I think they are still going to do, but also to expand that into uh, new realms. Uh, I, d I don't know. I, I, it's not something I, I'd expect from them, but with Pokemon Go, anything can happen. Hmm. I agree with you in that it's, you know, a conservative sort of consistent formula that they continue to produce. I suppose maybe that's why I'm really excited for Pokemon Go, because it's a bit different. I do love the traditional formula, but there is room for exploration, and I think that Pokemon is such, you know, a, an in-depth world and concept. And I mean, like, you read some of the stories that people write out there, you know, about Pokemon, and 
a lot of them are kind of better than storylines in the game and seem a lot more fun. So I think that there's just so much that they can do. And yeah, I, I also agree that it's it's kind of surprising they've taken that step, but you know, there's nothing to say that they're not constantly on the lookout for what's going to sell. Well, obviously they are. But my point is, you know, I think that they're definitely willing to step away from their usual format in order to, I don't know, maybe even just try something new and see how it works out. I mean, that's probably how the Wii came about. It was a huge risk and all of a sudden, you know, money printer. I guess we'll we'll see what they have in store for us. Um, the, the new the new formula or the difference in the, the formulaic releases. What I was thinking is that uh, what Pokemon Go uh, allows Pokemon to do if it works well is that it allows it to extend the time between major game releases. Um, major game releases being the new generations or like the, 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 third, um, the, the third game in the, in, the, in the new generation or any potential sequels that they may make. Pokemon Go, because they, they can release small changes to Pokemon Go without having to send everyone a new game, right? Absolutely. Uh, it all lives in the interwebs. And it keeps the excitement going for for you guys primarily, since you guys have seen the forums more often, forums tend to die a little bit more when there's uh, or tend to be less populated when there's not as many games or news about a new game that comes out, comes around versus right after a new game comes out. Speaking of news, just going to quickly pop this in. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it. But have you guys seen the newly revealed Pokemon, Magiana? Magiana? don't know how to pronounce that. But it looks like Diancie made out of metal. And everyone's wondering if it's an extension of Kalos Pokemon or if it's a new generation, the start of a new generation wouldn't be the first time that they've released Pokemon one at a time before a new generation gets even introduced. But yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if it's Gen 6 or Gen 7. It looks like another Gen 6 Pokemon, but to me it doesn't really make sense that they would <laughs> sort of fragment it, because if they're going to bring new Pokemon into, you know, Pokemon Z, I don't know, I, I feel like that's a little bit silly and lazy. Yeah, it's all the rage at the moment, though. The real question is, is it going to be Pokemon Z or Pokemon Z? Oh! <laughs> Why would it be Z? <laughs> because that's what some of us say. Okay. Okay. Maybe Pokemon Z? No, maybe Pokemon Z will be, will be in New Zealand. <laughs> a I don't New know. Zealand. Sounds, sounds uh, pretty good. Yeah. That's bad. Just, that was it's bad. just going to be Maurice everywhere. <laughs> That's the only Pokemon you can catch at the lead for. Everyone just has a sheep Pokemon. A sheep? <laughs> what about a kiwi? Am I am I stereotyping New Zealand too much? A kiwi? Yes. Um, that that'll be the only uh, thing at the vending machine, you know. And the Pokemart, you, you could just buy kiwis. That'll be the new potion. <laughs> or is kiwi a bird? Kiwi is a bird. It's a both, species right? it's a bird of bird native to New Zealand. Uh, but people also call New Zealand people kiwis. So it's kind of confusing. It's a fruit too. It is. It's a fruit named So kiwi. many things. But generally you say kiwi fruit, not just kiwi. So hopefully the distinction is clear. Oh, I see. I see. That, that, that's, that's a very uh, English-Australian thing. Uh, uh, <laughs> Quick attack questions. Pika, pika. Okay, so... 
this this is a game which we're going to call Quick Attack Questions, and where I ask Ray and Xanthi a series of questions that they must answer rapidly. Whether or not they will answer logically, correctly, or even in a way that we will understand in our mortal minds uh, is another matter entirely. So we're just going to go ahead and see how well they do. And, and remember, guys, when you answer this question, you have to say the first thing that comes to your mind. I don't want any like thinking that involves logic. Just go like gut reaction. Okay? Okay. I've got five questions for each of you. So, why don't we start? Who do you want to go first? Do you want to go first, Ray? Or, Xanthi, do you want to go first? Go, Ray. I was going to say ladies first, but I guess so. I guess I'll go first. Okay, Ray. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. What is your favorite roller coaster color? Green. Who is the normal gym leader in Johto? Uh, Tank. <laughs> you are falling to your death. Which Pokemon do you send out? Miltank? (laughs) (laughs) It it breaks the fall. It breaks the fall. It'll come rolling to the rescue. Well. Well. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, this certainly is a uh, eye-opening ex- experience for for all of us. Uh, <clears throat> next question: <laughs> What medicine do you use when you're burned? Um, burn heal. <laughs> 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 I'm terrible at recall. Just terrible. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Isn't that's there good. Burn heal. Full restore. <laughs> I don't I don't think you're allowed to change your answer at this point, Ray. I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> There's a berry that does it too. Orin berry? No. It's rust. I don't know which R- berry rust. it is. Okay, okay. Uh okay. Um yeah, I think I think you already uh lost lost this game here, but uh okay. <laughs> now, last question. What would Mew three look like? I was prepared to say New Zealand <laughs> whatever you were going to ask. <laughs> Okay. Well then, folks, you hear it right from our podcast. Mew 3. Mew 3 would look like New Zealand. Called it. It's like ad libs. Come on, Nintendo. Make it happen. Prove me right. Okay, it's time to uh, to move on to uh, Xanthi. Uh, let's see if your answers are... Um, well, you know, I don't know if you can really top Ray, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> are you ready for your five questions? Ready, boss. Okay. If Squirtle was a fire type, what would Charmander be? A poison fairy type. Okay. Okay. Yep. I'm sure yep. many Charizard fans would love to have their poison fairy... Pokemon uh, to battle with. Yes, good. There you go. It automatically eliminates the poison type. Quick, name a type of Pikachu. Balloon Pikachu? Is that a thing? Chew. <laughs> Chew? Did it win? You No, you lost. You, you've already lost. Okay, next question. Do you mine at night? Yes. What animal should they make into a Pokemon? 
Certainly a dolphin. What is your favorite city in Australia? Melbourne. Yeah. Auckland. Auckland. Come on. Auckland. Yes. I, I hope we don't have any New Zealand fans there. I feel like here, they're going to get very angry at me. New Zealand fans. I thought you meant like people who love New Zealand. who are like just sitting there waving a fan. Not like fans of the podcast who are from New Zealand. Or maybe fans made in New Zealand. Who knows? Ooh. No, he's Ooh. just appealing to fans that want to catch New Zealand. <laughs> Mew 3. Yeah, Mew 3. Well, that certainly was, uh, was a thing. I'm so glad that we have such uh, gifted individuals hosting this show. Uh, anyway, that's it, folks, for our podcast. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, we hope to see you next time. As you know, the show notes are going to be posted on Pokemon Crossroads and Petalburg Woods Network. Please go ahead, take a look at those notes to any of the links of anything that you heard in here. And uh, we hope to see you next time. I'm Kevin Sue. Raymond Chan, signing off. And Suicune's Fire, or Xanthi. Later, all. Bye. See ya. New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs>